Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. On this episode, we have a co-host that you are probably starting to get a little familiar with at this point. It's Evelyn. She, you can find her on Instagram and TikTok at the dot mira dot grid or at her website the miragrid.com i don't know why i always struggle with the transitions without the the dots in it but um she's an intuitive educator psychic medium um and i know some of our fans have already reached out to her for her help on some things i think that's super awesome evelyn thank you for hosting the podcast with me tonight absolutely i'm so excited to be here with you guys again i always love um hearing new approaches to our ghost stories yeah for sure and kat and jj tonight have improv rehearsal they are on a star trek improv team uh and as things start kicking back up rehearsals and things are getting going again so they are doing that tonight we have an awesome guest as well dylan is i believe originally from canada but currently resides in new zealand and has some spooky things that have happened to her in canada and in new zealand so we're going to see what that's all about dylan welcome to the podcast thanks for having me really excited to be here yeah awesome and how did you find out about real hauntings um, so what actually happened was a couple weeks ago, I had posted my story on the paranormal subreddit on Reddit just to kind of get other people's opinions and feedback. And um, I was actually lucky enough to get a couple of private messages and someone actually suggested sending it to you guys, which is great. Shut so, up. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. So we used to pull a lot of guests from that subreddit. Uh, yeah. before we kind of branched out into the world of TikTok, but that is super cool. Um, well, makes me feel loved and special. I don't know if it should, but that's how I feel. Well, <laughs> again, thank you for coming on. One thing we do like to find out from our guests is kind of where they fall on what we call the believometer, meaning zero, you don't believe in ghosts, 10 ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you kind of fall on that scale? Um, I think... I've always kind of been maybe a six or seven, as in like, I really do want to believe, but I'm also quite a realistic person. And I, it's hard for me without obviously having experience, but now that's kind of changed a bit. So definitely more towards an eight or nine now. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And have you ever reached out to someone like Evelyn, who is a psychic medium to see if they can help you with some of these hauntings? So, um, I, a lot of people actually asked me that as well. And I did think about doing that um, when the certain events started taking place. But obviously where I am, there's not a lot of choice because I'm in the South Island of New Zealand and it's um, not the same as, you know, being in a large city. So I kind of was put off by that in a way. I just thought it would be a bit hard to get someone to even come to the house if that was a thing or, yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I have never been to New Zealand, but I will have to take your word on that. And yeah. what um, brought you to New Zealand, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah. So um, I met my partner. He's from New Zealand, but I met him in Canada. And um, after him being there for a year, I decided I'd come here just to try it out. And I've been here for about 
oh, six or seven years now. So <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Very yeah. cool. Well, why don't you tell us about what your earliest experience with the supernatural was? Yep. So the story kind of um, starts when I was about seven years old. And like you had mentioned, I grew up in Canada. Um, so it was one day me and my best friend were home alone, just playing around at my house. Um, no one else was there. And it was just a summer day because I remember it pretty clearly. And um, we were downstairs and out of the blue, we just heard this voice calling, um, calling my name specifically from upstairs. And right away, it was my sister's voice. And we both knew it was my sister. So obviously, we went up there without hesitation. And um, when we went up the stairs, we realized it was actually coming from the bathroom. And I remember that bathroom when I was young was kind of a creepy one for me. Like it just didn't have any windows. So it was always pitch black and I wouldn't really, you know, just go into it like so easily. And um, yeah, the voice was clearly coming from the bathroom. You could hear like the echoes. And um, when we got up there, obviously we turned on the light and no one was in there and my sister wasn't home. And so right away, like, you know, your brain kind of thinks, oh, like they are, they're here hiding because um, we believed it would be my sister and her friend. And I remember we looked around the house and they weren't there. Um, but then they did come home, which was hours later. And obviously when we asked them about it, they had never been there. Oh my gosh. Evelyn, yeah. what in your experience in hearing people talk about supernatural events or what does it mean to you when you hear about somebody having an an auditory experience and multiple people hear it. Yeah, well, that's what's always kind of, those are my favorite kind of stories because a lot of times people can share a story where they're like, oh, this totally happened to me. And everyone's like, okay, well, you're like one person and there's no like cross-reference. But um, I love those kinds of stories because it does kind of help open people up a little bit more to like, okay, well, what, what about when there's multiple witnesses to something? Um, so that's cool. And I think that sometimes spirits, when they're trying to communicate, know that, um, especially because like the vast majority of energies that you're working with have been earth side at some point, they know how humans are. Um, and so I think that they sort of, uh, know that there's like a easier way to get noticed is by impacting more people than just one, or like when you're alone or something, um, the interesting thing with something like this and what I'm sort of trying to just suss out is like, do you feel like, especially the fact that it could impersonate your sister very specifically and it obviously like wanted you to go upstairs. What like feelings were you having around that? Like, was this a time where you were like, oh, this was scary or is it like something just wanted my attention or is it like, do you speculate that this was someone you know or kind of where, where are you at with that? I don't, yeah, it's hard. Cause I don't think it was anyone that I know or anyone that I know that's passed on, but I remember when it happened and I heard the voice, like I didn't think anything. So I was certain it was her, but then obviously when I found out it wasn't her, it was just that uneasy feeling. And the funny thing is I don't feel like I have a lot of memories from when I was young that I remember like so in detail, but I remember that so in detail and it's probably my most detailed memory from childhood because wow. it kind of stayed with me because it was just a strange thing. And, um, I've spoken about it with my friends since. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really stayed with me, but I didn't feel like it was something malicious. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost just playful, I suppose. That's what I'm wondering. Um, and because like the the vibe that I'm getting from it, especially with the impersonation is, and the fact that you're not like, oh, I think this is probably someone that I, that in my life that's passed or something, um, makes me think kind of like, and I don't usually use this term, but like poltergeist, like energy, like, so I would refer to that more as like a trickster energetic where it is kind of a game. And like, it is, it is like the intention. It can be hard to read because the intention is there is no intention. The intention is like, I'm poking at you. And it is, it's not like some big deeper meaning when it's those kinds of interactions. Um, so sometimes they can be a little bit harder to get a feel for, but I'm interested to hear like how the story progresses so that we can get a bigger picture. I feel so proud. And I don't know if it's from doing these with Evelyn or to so many episodes, but trickster spirit was where my mind went. And to hear you say that, I feel so like uh, validated. Ooh, your intuitive um, abilities are developing. <laughs> uh, so Dylan, does your friend still recall this incident as clear as you do? Yeah, she does. Yeah. And the funny thing is that she's actually living in New Zealand as well now, not too far from me. Um, So yeah, we have spoken about it before. Um, She was a lot younger than me, though. So she remembers, but not to the the clearness that I do. And how did your sister feel knowing that there was or did she even believe but knowing that there was some kind of spirit or energy mimicking her in the home? I don't think she had a second thought about it. I feel like a lot of people in my life kind of, they're not non-believers, but it was, yeah, I don't think it would have been a thing to her at all. Yeah. Kind of out of sight, out of mind since she didn't experience it. A hundred percent. Yeah. So your sister, she didn't have anything to do with the occult. She wasn't sneaking away doing Ouija boards or anything. No, no, nothing like that. No. (laughs) Did you and your friend ever do anything like that? Um, I've done it as a child, but not in that house. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you had that experience. Was that the sole experience in that home? Would you say? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then you, so you were pretty young when that happened. Now I know you had some, a uh, handful of things happen in New Zealand. Did, did anything happen from there to New Zealand? No, nothing. So it was, not that I remember at least, or that I noticed, but yeah, completely quiet until about 20 years later. And during that time period, did you begin to doubt yourself that anything even happened? Because for me, my experiences all happened when I was fairly young. And because I haven't had anything uh, where I've seen something or heard something since then, it makes me question whether or not I even experienced what I experienced from a young age, even though i in my mind, I put my hand through a ghost, um, which sounds so weird to say out loud sometimes. But did, did you have that same feeling or were you always like, nope, I had that happen. It was real on to the next thing. Probably the same as you. I think doubt has always was always in my mind. And it wasn't really something I talked about with people because obviously so many there's a lot of people just they just pass it off as nothing. Um, But in my mind, I kind of just left it as it did happen. It was unexplained. I don't know if it was a spirit, don't know what it was, but that was a strange thing that happened. Okay. And there, as far as you know, there was no major trauma in that home or in the central area? No, my parents built that house. And um, so it wouldn't have even been too old, maybe 10 years, 15 years, but no, nothing. And we've never actually lost anyone um, in our you know, close family, which is quite lucky, you know, all my grandparents are still alive. And yeah, we haven't really had any 
dealings with that yet. Okay. And Evelyn, do you know, are spirits in Canada more trickster than other places? <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the default uh, Canadian energy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they always apologize no, right after. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, well, that that is really fascinating. So you had this big gap of time. So kind of, yeah, walk us through what you experienced in New Zealand. Yep. So um, it was about 2015, me and my partner decided we wanted to rent a house Um, because usually in New Zealand, the rent is quite expensive. So we kind of went from renting like um, units with one bedroom and bathrooms and we wanted something a bit bigger. So in order to do that, what most people do is you will be, say, um, the main tenant on a lease and then you'll fill it with other people. You can pick who they are and you all just divide the rent. So we rented um, a pretty nice large house. Um, it wasn't too old. I think it was built in the eighties. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty positive it was the eighties. And, um, soon enough we had filled it up with people. And I guess for this story, I kind of have to explain the layout of the house. Um, so our room was upstairs and it was a very large bedroom with a large walk-in closet and an ensuite. Um, so you could be in the ensuite bathroom, have the door open, but I could still have the bedroom door shut if that makes sense. Um, So yeah, it was a really large room and where the story started is I was upstairs one day and I was in the bathroom doing my makeup because I had to go out and the closet in the bedroom always kind of freaked me out. It's just really large and dark. So whenever I was in the room, I would always make sure that closet door was shut if I was alone. So I was in the bathroom and I heard the door open out at that time. I didn't know if it was the bedroom door or, you know, I just heard it open. Um, And then that was immediately followed by footsteps on the carpet. And you know, that like compression of the fabric, you can like hear the sound of people walking. Um, So instantly I thought it's my partner who had come into the bedroom. So I kind of stopped what I was doing and I just said like, Hey, and then immediately, you know, with no break, um, I heard his voice like clear as day a couple, like maybe one meter away from me because the bathroom is quite small. So he could have been on the other side of um, the wall. And he just said, hey, back. And then I said, what are you doing? And he said, nothing. But the funniest part about that is, um, so he likes to mimic my accent. And so it was his voice (laughs) mimicking my accent. So saying nothing in a Canadian accent, the way he always does. And when I previously have described this, the tone of his voice is what kind of made me think it was a bit off was it he kind of sounded like like when a child's up to no good like a really mischievous like nothing like that's how I would describe it and so that kind of made me laugh and then I said like no seriously what are you doing and to that I got no reply it was just dead silence so I opened the bathroom door because it was just ajar and he was not in the room the bedroom door was shut but the closet door was open. And when I saw the closet door open, that just like sent chills down my spine. And so after that, I ran downstairs. He wasn't downstairs, ran outside. He was on the front lawn. And I asked him, you know, were you in the bedroom? And he said, no, wasn't up there. And when I told him, he's not, my partner is, he, I think he wants to believe, but he's, he really needs facts. He's a very like factual person. So he instantly was like, Oh no, like, you know, I'm sure it wasn't, you know, you didn't hear that. Like he just kind of brushed it off. 
Um, and it didn't upset me because I know kind of that's how he is with those things, but I was so startled and I told everyone in the house and I'm not sure if anyone really believed me, but obviously um, that kind of changed because a couple more things happened after that. So Evelyn, does that kind of solidify to you that it is some kind of trickster spirit? Yeah. Um, and I'm just, I was just kind of trying to do like a little bit of a read on it without going like all the way in. Um, I do think I, what I was trying to figure out is like, is this the exact same energy? Obviously it's manifesting the same way. So that makes me think, yes. Um, so then I'm looking at like, okay, why did it follow you? It's obviously like a you thing and not like of, of the house or something like that. Um, I'm kind of, and no one around you has ever had like similar experiences um, or anything that they can report that's like familiar. It's like only happening to you, right? And then yeah, at that stage, it was only happening to me. Um, but of course, the next part of the story is that it did happen to someone else in the house. Okay. Yeah. This so right now where I'm at in my process is um, I think that it. I I have a theory that it might be connected to something that you have. Um, mm -hmm like something that has come with you because it's like I don't think it's you specifically um I I just wonder if it's if it's like an an item um that you've had for a long time and that maybe has some sort of like shadow or memory attached to it that can pull energy um and then yeah I want to get in and like kind of look at like why why there's a, a big gap like in its communication, basically. Mm -hmm. So anyways, go on with your story. I'm super engrossed now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that would make sense though. I would, oh God, I'm gonna have to sit down and really think about what I have too, <laughs> that I would have from when I was young. But um, so yeah, a couple of weeks kind of went on and um, there was another flatmate, I won't say his name's for privacy, but he um, was home alone one day and he was in the kitchen and he had just made like this, fresh cup of tea obviously English and we stood there um with his cell phone in the kitchen kind of just like staring at his phone but stood still in between walking from the kitchen to the couch um and he said out of nowhere he heard this voice right behind his ear he said it was so close and it was a whisper and it was me whispering hi and then his name in my accent and it startled him so much that he ended up dropping the tea, spilled everywhere, dropped his phone as well into the puddle of tea and just jumped around trying to figure out where I was. So he was convinced it was a prank, looked all around the house, but when he realized I wasn't home, it actually startled him so much that he left and he ended up going to work like, you know, three hours ahead of schedule cause he just didn't want to be there alone. And it just, spooked him he said like to the core um so that was interesting that it happened to him because I think at that point there was no one else that had obviously the same experience as me but again the fact that it was like in my accent you know and trying almost mimicking me now it's just it kind of solidified my past experiences because I'm thinking okay like I'm not crazy someone else is hearing someone else talking you know you know, we've heard stories that really run the gamut of supernatural experiences from things that truly seem dangerous to things that seem more trickstery to heartwarming, all the above. But I got to say, this, I think, would scare me more than like 
my refrigerator door just opening right now and a jar of mayonnaise hitting the wall. Like something about hearing a voice in my ear. Like I also have like, what is it? Misophilionia where like somebody chomping on ice or something can make me want to commit crimes. I hate it so much. Um, yeah, that is, that is super scary. So your friend, did, did he have any history with the supernatural or was this his first experience? No. And I remember um, him specifically in the house, like there was a bunch of us because um, before this, a couple of smaller things had happened. Like our TV would turn on in the middle of the night at full volume. And to get it to full volume, you had to, you know, like hold the remote for a while to get the volume up. It was like weird little things like that. Um, There was another time when I was locked out of the house after I just stepped outside, all the doors locked. So we kind of had like, not jokes going around, but there was definitely talks about it being possibly haunted, but him specifically, he wasn't on board with that. He wasn't that kind of person. Um, so I was kind of happy it happened to him because it was happening to someone who really doubted it. You know, it kind of just made it even more real. I am curious, and I know Evelyn has questions too, but I, I want to get her feedback on this, depending on your answer. Are you someone that would consider yourself intuitive? Because you said in both stories, you felt, uh, a darkness or something kind of scary coming from certain areas. And then it seemed like the hauntings kind of originated from those areas. Would you say that you're fairly intuitive in life? That's actually really interesting because I've never thought about it like that. But definitely when I look back, those were the two rooms that I probably found the creepiest of the houses. So yeah, that's maybe that, you know, is the case, but that's a really good point. But I mean, do you like, um, do you feel like you're empathic? Do you easily take on others emotions or intuitive in the sense that you seem to have a nature or, or way of not necessarily predicting things, but just kind of knowing, oh, I don't feel safe here or like getting feelings like that? Yeah, I definitely think I've had a couple of situations in my life where, you know, have like bad feelings and it has led to bad things happening or I kind of feel like I'm a sponge and I do absorb other people's emotions a lot. So if I'm with someone who's sad, like, you know, it does bring me down a lot. Yeah. Welcome Um, to the club. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So Evelyn, do you find that people in kind of Dylan's um, who have, you know, are intuitive or empathic or these things, are they more likely to experience these types of things or, do you think these kind of things just happen to whoever they're going to happen to? Um, I think it depends on the intention of the energy. So if the energy is like wanting to be witnessed and they're like, this specific energy is obviously loving the reaction. Like they are absolutely playing tricks. They're wanting to get a rise out of people. So that's their goal. So they are going to go for people who they can do that to. However, I would say that when you're working with, um, something that can make like a physical sound and something that can um, impersonate in the way that it can, I would say that it's pretty powerful. Um, And so I'm kind of like, that kind of energy could do that to anyone. Like that doesn't have to be, and that's like what you're saying, like with your friend who, who isn't necessarily someone who's like all on board the supernatural train, um, it it can kind of get through to whoever it wants. Um, so that's like, that's kind of what I think about that particular spirit, but in general, um, I think anyone can 
be sensitive to these kinds of things. It's just a matter of how much they're willing to entertain it. Um, and certain energies definitely want to work with people who are more sensitive. Like that's why like a lot of people who are mediums, like energies know like, oh, this person can like see me, like see me, see me, not just like know that I'm there, not just like have a feeling, but like this person can see me so I can use that to communicate with them. Where a lot of people are just really, um, I don't know, kind of oblivious, I guess, to like when when energies are trying to reach out to them. For sure. Well, and how does someone know that it's safe or dangerous in that scenario? That's where I really wish that everyone was more in tune with their intuition because you know, like, you know, Dylan, you know that your closet was not the place to be. The bathroom was not the place to be. Like you, you had that information. And so when you believe yourself about those kinds of things, you usually are, are pretty good at, at sort of protecting yourself. If people had more tools, like for example, if you are moving into a new house and you're like, uh, I have a weird feeling about this area, instead of just sort of like leaving it or avoiding it, it's like, okay, we need more information. Like, is this like some kind of like portal? Um, did something bad happen here? How can we shift the frequency or the vibration of that space so that it doesn't have that like yucky resonance um, and instead can be, you know, neutral to pleasant. <laughs> um, and so when we start, that's like when you have people come like do like a clearing in your house. Um, usually that's the kind of thing they'll look for is they'll kind of feel out like how the energy is moving, if it's getting stuck anywhere, if there's anything that like light energy isn't really touching um and they'll try to get more information about that in order to open it up and do you because this is something i i don't think i've ever asked you but i've always been curious about do you believe in like crystals making a difference in these situations like is that a real thing or is that kind of something yeah. people should stay away from so um crystals are great like there's nothing bad that can happen really with a crystal um I guess there are some exceptions to that, uh, but so overall, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? Well, I'm just thinking like there's some crystals that are really good at like their their purpose is to absorb negative frequencies. And so, for example, if you were gonna like then use that as a healing crystal with the intention of it like infusing you with something, that would probably not be the best way to use that. You would want to use those things for for different um, purposes. Uh, so it's more of a use thing, I guess, and less of a crystal thing. Um, crystals are just like anything else in the world. They're a tool, right? And so what's kind of unique about them is that um, the way that they're built, they each kind of have these different like vibrational structures, but it's no different from how different trees and plants have their own vibration and energy. And you can work with those. Um, I mean, you can literally work with anything. You can work with anything can be like a, a spiritual object basically. So, um, and I talk about this in my um, kids book that I wrote, Isabel Brave, how you can actually use like your kids stuffed animals as like a protector. Like that's, that's kind of what they're doing anyways in a lot of situations, right? And it's because like they have infused the energy and intention into that item. And so that item is programmed basically to act as a, a protection field. Um, and so that's kind of how the crystals work too. So it's not necessarily like, oh, you um, crystals are like this super magical 
thing. It's more so like, what are, what's the intention behind them? How are they being used? In my level one class that I teach, one of the exercises that we actually have people do, this is my level one intuitive development. And one of the things that we have people do is like a crystal communion where you literally just choose a crystal, any crystal that you either have on hand or that speaks to you if you go to a store and buy one um, and you spend time with it and you start asking it questions. And it's just a way that people can develop like their claircognizance or clairsentience. Um, but asking questions like, you know, where did you come from? Like, how old are you? Like, what, how do you serve people? Um, is there anything I need to know about how to best work with you? Um, and so that's really cool because you can get some cool information and then you can go like confirm that on the internet, you know? So if it's like, oh, like, you know, where are you from? Like, that's a pretty specific thing. And it'll be cool to be like, oh, okay, well, I can tell that this uh, crystal's from somewhere really warm. I can tell that it's um, like definitely re related to like, like being forged in heat. Like it has some sort of like volcano-esque hmm. um, attributes. And then you go and look up like whatever the crystal was and you're like, oh, I was right. Like, cool. And like, here's the ways that it serves people. And like, oh, that's right too. So we just use that as a way that people can confirm and um, develop their skills. Always come in with the knowledge. So Dylan, is there anything that you can think of that you took from your childhood home to New Zealand with you that might uh, bring some spirit action? There would definitely be a lot of different small items. It would just have to be, I guess, a matter of me sitting down and writing them all out. Because um, yeah, I definitely did bring stuff that I've had my whole life. But yeah, it's definitely something I'm going to look into. Any like medieval swords or like <laughs> little evil dolls or anything like that? No, unfortunately not. That would make it probably a bit more obvious. Yeah. <laughs> so well, one thing that you can do when you're like, if you are trying to like parse through and figure out like what item it is, you do already have a pretty keen sense of intuition. Um, and there's a process called psychometry, which is when you're actually reading through your hands or through touching or handling an item. And you can probably just go through your stuff and like walk around and sense the energy either that's coming in through your hands um, or how like your emotional body is feeling when you're reacting to holding different things. Um, and you might just have a situation like that where just like with the closet and the bathroom where you say, I, I feel that this is the thing. Um, and then if you are able to identify it, uh, there are lots of options then, you know, kind of get to choose your own adventure about like, what do you do with that information? I kind of right. hope it just reappears every 20 years, like something about every 20 years, the, the spirit well, comes back. I was wondering that, like, I was like, okay, what's the, what's the deal with the gap? Um, and there are certain things where like, depending on what the energy is, like maybe it has better access at certain times of, uh, year certain intervals depending on how how it's formed and what it is um so that could be something that's going on it could also be like something as simple as whatever the item was was like jostled around or like rearranged and it kind of like wakes up basically um mm, yeah. so that's something to kind of look yeah. out for too 
yeah well we've just moved obviously since then so hopefully that doesn't happen here (laughs) your accent is so fascinating now that you've been because i can hear both the canadian and the new zealand accent which new zealand is like one of the hardest ones for me to kind of uh suss out as evelyn would say um because it almost sounds australian to me i don't know if y'all feel the same way but like it's not anyway just a side note (laughs) to derail the podcast i think you're the first person that's ever said that it doesn't sound just like a canadian accent but i've been here for almost you know a decade now so it's probably changing a little bit without me knowing yeah one of my really good friends uh at the theater she moved back to canada but i used to love getting her to say like trigger canadian words like sorry and about and things (laughs) like that so i got really used to hearing a canadian talk all the time i feel like but um Well, Dylan, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any questions for Evelyn? I mean, she's definitely somebody who has brought a lot of information to the table this episode. I know we kind of talked a lot about your experiences, but is there anything that you feel like hasn't been answered that you'd like to ask her? Um, Not so much a question, but maybe just her thoughts on another theory that someone did kind of mention on Reddit. I found it kind of interesting. They said um, that they once heard that obviously spirits like to speak to um, people to gain energy and maybe um, they would choose to do it in like a voice of someone that you knew because obviously if you know that person you're more likely to reply to the voice than if you heard like a stranger's voice in your house and it's just an easier way for them to kind of pick up the energy it it can be I wouldn't necessarily say that you like the, the communication is what draws energy, but like the reaction regardless, right? Right. So yeah. even if you didn't say anything back, you had a reaction of like, whoa, oh, whoa, that was weird. And and especially this energy is like, obviously just like laughing, like a little boy, just like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know that it's like, specifically like a, oh I'm leeching energy to get more powerful like and and there are some dark entities that you'll see that kind of thing with but usually that hits people more where it's like you're experiencing depression and lethargy and like really feeling like something is you know energy vampiring out of yeah. you where this is so much more basically pointless and lighthearted yeah. <laughs> it's like and there's a lot of cultures that have um like information about different like trickster energies that that pertain to um, their cultures, whether it's like um, clown energies or like coyote spirits or a big like trickster energy. Um, and so there's lots of interpretations of like the how and the why. And a lot of people would say that like there are ways that those energies can still serve you. Like they don't necessarily have to just be messing with you um, in a harmful way. It can also be like an invitation. Um, even to like lightheartedness, uh, depending on the, what the intention of the spirit is. Right. Perfect. (laughs) Well, Dylan, thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything you would like to plug or promote before we get you out of here? Uh, no, just would like to say thanks for having me on. And I'm excited that I have a new podcast to listen to every week. So yeah. Uh, Thank thank you you so much. All righty. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks guys. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Dylan. Bye. You too. So Evelyn, you hear a story like that. Have you heard many stories where spirits, where there's such a gap in time between a visitation? Um, it 
I usually see it. It's not unusual to see like, oh, there was an experience in childhood and then there's one later. Mm-hmm. Um, reason being that a lot of the vast majority, dare I say, all children um, are open to receiving psychic information. They're better at seeing ghosts. They're better at seeing spirits. They're better at interpreting energy. They're really very open. Um, and so it's not unusual for them to have those kinds of experiences. And then as a defense mechanism, a lot of people put in energetic boundaries or systems that kind of protect or guard them from having those experiences anymore. Um, Or sometimes their spirit guides will facilitate that. Uh, A lot of times what happens then is later in your life when you're more capable and like it's more along a timeline that makes sense, um, you can start opening up some of those. So really common in people who have uh, like lifetime contracts to do intuitive work where it's like, hey, remember this thing from your childhood? Well, it's back and you're ready to (laughs) learn about it and deal with it. Um, So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if Dylan ends up like being like, this is really interesting and I'm going to actually, I'm going to learn how to talk to this ghost. And then she develops a whole new skill based on that. Um, So that's one reason that I, I will tend to see a gap. And like I said, it could be like, oh, here's a thinning of the veil. That's why like a lot of people are like, oh, Halloween or like Dia mm-hmm. de los Muertos or all of these um, times where the the veil is basically naturally more thin and it's easier to make those kinds of contacts or have more substantial contacts. So that could be it too. Like scale zero to 10, how much do you love Halloween? I love Halloween like a 10, but nothing to do with any of the supernatural part of it. I really like dressing up. Yes. In a huge way. I really like spooky Halloween decor. Mm -hmm. Um, My poor son is five and I have, and like my Halloween decor right now is not scary at all. I literally had a, like a purple glitter skull on the mantle last year. And he came downstairs and he was just like, mom, I don't like that. That's really freaking me out. <laughs> so I had to take down like anything that had a skull on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. That's, so I think uh, it'll be a while before I can really like Halloween in the way that I want to. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about that. Uh, having uh, a one-year-old, I hadn't thought about their opinions coming into things. <laughs> I guess it it will in a big way. It'll come up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, and, and with Halloween, and I think maybe it's because like, this is my job. This is what I do. I do energy readings. I do mediumship. So I don't really anymore feel like a kick up around, oh, like the veil is more thin or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I already have my, I already have my system set up so that like I receive when I want to receive, I receive for the people that I want to generally like ghosts aren't like knocking down my door or anything. Sure. So I'm really unimpacted in a way that I wasn't before. Yeah, I, I love Halloween. I, I love any excuse to dress up in a costume. I went to Dragon Con not too long ago, and it's just like a Comic-Con with more of an emphasis on partying and cosplay. And then uh, at the theater, every show, anybody pitches, I'm like, and can we have costumes for improv? And they're like, no. And I'm like, damn it. So whenever it's a show that I produce always costumes, like we had one called McCluskey and Sturgill and it was uh, like a buddy cop improv show. And uh, somebody different would play McCluskey and Sturgill every show. And they would always dress up and it would always be influenced by, you know, some buddy cop thing or character in pop culture. And the audience always loved that. It's so much fun. Anyway, this is not here to plug a show that doesn't exist anymore. Um, 
just saying, I feel a, a kindred spirit in enjoying Halloween and, well, and spooky time stuff. As like a veteran parent, I just plan the next like four years of your family Halloween costume while you still get some level of influence <laughs> over your kids. Because like, oh man, our themed costumes were so cute. It was like, oh, I'm Wendy Darling and my daughter's Tinkerbell. And, you yeah. know, we just had like, oh, okay, I'm Daenerys Targaryen and she's a little dragon. And it was so fun. And now I'm like, what do you want to be? And she's like, I want to be star butterfly. And I want to yeah. be, you know, like this character, that character. And, you know, my son's like, I want this store-bought Sonic the Hedgehog costume. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. That seems like a real waste of my talents, but <laughs> all right, I'll buy you this $40 polyester looks like garbage Sonic costume. <laughs> And a little part of me will die <laughs> a little bit dies yep every halloween oh man what like are you a big um like back i don't know if you do it now because i know you've got two young kids but would you go to like halloween parties and, and party it up or do you enjoy more just like the the homebody experience of that i i feel like i never really knew someone who like had the big halloween party you know otherwise i totally would have and i didn't really have it in me to be the person that had that party um but we kind of got into a routine like where once once i had kids where it was like okay all the parent friends all love dressing up we know we have to take our kids trick-or-treating so we would do like you know kind of like early in the day like costume hangs party really like low-key um and thank god for social media because then at least you can post your cute costume on the internet and it feels like maybe you did something yeah saw it. <laughs> yeah and you have fans on social media so i'm sure they're always telling you how great your costumes look oh gosh well i've been so bad about posting on my tiktok i all the time i'm like oh i should do a post about this i should do a post about this i literally haven't posted in like months and i'm like they're probably but you're pretty active on like instagram right <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Even that I'm like, and I went through a lull in my business a little bit where I took like basically the summer off mm. and now it's like full force. I'm doing like 10 readings a week oh, and wow. like getting ready to like launch a bunch more classes and stuff, which is great. Um, but I'm like, Oh my God, I should get back on this. <laughs> and, if, and if our fans want to find those classes, how can they get in contact with you? Yeah, if you visit my website, themiragrid.com, I post a lot of my class information there. Um, I also teach through One Illuminated, which is oneilluminated.com. Um, and that is through my mentor, Reese St. Augustine, who's a really amazing energy worker, medium, psychic. Uh, and so I teach my level one and two and three through them. So definitely check them out as well if you want to uh, enroll in anything. And if you want to book a session, yeah, just visit my yeah. website. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for co-hosting this episode. I know everybody always enjoys when you come on. And with that, I'm Noah Daniels. And I'm Evelyn. <laughs> hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.